0: In today's shiur, we will conclude our three-part discussion of the issue of Hashgacha Pratit. To what extent our success in life is a function of direct divine providence? And to what extent is it a function of our own hard work and diligence in working uh, through the natural order, the derechateva to achieve what we want to achieve? For example, if we want to support ourselves, does our parnassah, does our sustenance come from divine providence or from our own hard work using the laws of cause and effect within the natural order? We saw that a number of Jewish philosophers, such as the Rambam and the Ramban, assume that the natural order works more or less on its own And the reason why we go to work in the morning, why we have armies to defend ourselves, why our ancestors planted seeds when they wanted to grow food, is because the natural order works on its own, except for those situations where Hashem decides to get involved and bestow divine providence on individuals, and usually that happens only for the very righteous individuals. Since even though we strive to be righteous, since we, we may not be quite so righteous, we work through the natural order, because perhaps God is not involved in our daily lives. On the other side of the spectrum, we saw the theory championed by Revell Dessler and his Mikhtem El-Yahu, and very popular in uh, many among many religious Jews nowadays, that in fact there is no natural order, and nothing that we do actually has any scientific Effect according to the natural laws and the way we think the world works—that's all a lie. It's all an illusion. Things happen only because God wants them to happen, and the only way for us to improve our lot in life is to learn more Torah and do more mitzvot, so that God will want better things to happen to us. All these these natural laws and cause and effect, and that you know we think that when you plant wheat, it's more likely to grow than if you don't plant it. That is all an elaborate hoax and illusion. In fact, wheat grows when God wants it to, and the planting is totally irrelevant. The uh, Each of these theories had something going for it. Certainly the theory that sees the natural order is working on our own corresponds with our common sense intuition that we know there's a natural order. We know that God's not pulling an elaborate hoax on us that uh, the entire natural order is not merely an attempt by the Yetzirah, by, uh, by the Satan, to fool us. Um, on the other hand, the disadvantage of thinking that we work through the natural order is that I might grow through entire days or weeks or months, and nothing that happens to me in my life is a result of God's intervention. I'm on my own. And I, it's very difficult, except in a very general sense, Uh, to see the presence and involvement of God in my life so each theory has advantages and disadvantages the question we left for this year is can one chart some sort of middle course where perhaps everything that happens to me in my life is a result of the natural order The laws of nature really do exist. When I plant seeds, I'm more likely to end up with food to eat than if I don't plant seeds. If I have a job, I'm more likely to end up with money than if I don't. But, on the other hand, everything that happens to me is a result of divine providence. Because God is with me and watching over me at all moments. And I can expect my lot to improve if I improve my standing in Hashem's eyes and vice versa. How can these two coexist? A number of Jewish philosophers assume they do. Reb Sadigon, for example, while he does not go into uh, sufficient detail uh, to satisfy our curiosity, in the 10th uh, book of his, Sefer Emunot V'dayot, in the 12th chapter thereof, he mentions that some people think that we shouldn't go out and work for a living and we shouldn't involve ourselves in this world we should just trust in Hashem that He will provide everything for us outside of the natural order. Parenthetically, we might point out that Rav Sadion has a number of criticisms of these people, one of which is very fascinating and uh, has a lot to do with the historical tension within the Jewish tradition between the intellectual value of Talmud Torah and the practical value of actually fulfilling the mitzvot of the Torah in real life, Rav Honda comes down squarely on the side, which holds that it is much more important to practically implement the various halachot in real life, than to merely learn about them intellectually. And therefore he says, that if one sits and learns Torah all day, and doesn't go out and do business or engage in agriculture, etc., then one might you might learn a lot about business law, but you can't actually keep those halachot. You might learn a lot about agricultural laws, but it's better to be out there on the farm actually keeping the agricultural laws. He comes down squarely on the side that practical implementation of the laws is more important, crucial, and central than abstract intellectual knowledge of those laws, the uh, And therefore, even from the perspective of mitzvah performance, it's better to be out there trying to make a living and have an opportunity to implement all the halachot than to sit in a Beit Midrash and merely learn about the halachot. That is not what's commonly assumed in the academic, into, academically and intellectually oriented yeshiva circles nowadays. Um, but this debate certainly goes as far back as The Gemara, where this is explicitly debated, and I'm sure it goes back well before uh, the uh, recorded uh, history of Torah Shabbat as well. The point that Asadia makes that is relevant for our philosophical discussion, however, to return to our discussion, is that he says he concludes his criticism of these people by saying, and I read from the Hebrew translation, that everything they say about trusting in God and God providing is absolutely true. They're just missing one little point. Yeah, they're absolutely right. You have to trust in God. Everything comes from God. But God provides it through the natural order and through the scientific natural laws of cause and effect, and if we want God to provide it, we have to work through the natural order, which is how he has chosen to uh, provide his bounty to human beings. Exactly how does this work? Perhaps uh, Rav Sadio could be understood based on the philosophical approach of Yosef Albo in his state for Ikarim. In the fourth book of Seferi in beginning in chapter 5, and uh, mainly in chapter 6 of that fourth book, he discusses what causes things to happen. Why do things happen? And he says, some things happen based purely on our decisions and our action and our hard work. And some things happen purely based on fate or divine providence. And most things, he tells us, happen based on a combination of those two. He says most things need both factors, divine providence and our own hard work, in order to bring them to fruition. That's why he tells us sometimes you see that However, whatever effort someone puts in, they get what they expected do merely a function of our own actions. Sometimes you see that no matter what someone does, it doesn't really matter. Whatever God wanted to happen to them, happens to them. But most of the time, he says, and he uses a mashallah parable, we're like farmers. If a farmer plants his seed and it doesn't rain, he gets nothing. If it rains but he didn't plant any seeds, then he also gets nothing, just a field full of mud. But if he plants his seed and it rains, then he grows crops and makes a living. So too, he says, most things that happen in our life are a result of two, the confluence of two circumstances. Our hard work and divine providence. Therefore, he said, And this is, the word charitzot, I think, is very important here. The uh, most Jewish philosophers would agree that for some strange reason, as we've seen some of those reasons in the Mesilat, Yisharim, al Vavot, and Michelin, Yahu in the last year, God wants us to at least put on an act of working for a living, Hishdablot. Perhaps God wants us to do a little work. But many Jewish philosophers certainly do not believe that God wants us to engage in haritsud, in diligence, and work hard and work extra and put our heart into it. The Sefer Karm says no. charit zot, diligent hard work is always appropriate in all areas of life. Not only should we work hard and diligently at performing mitzvot, we should work hard and diligently at making a living and providing for whatever physical needs we want to provide for. Why? As the basuk says in Mishlei, the Yad Harutzim If you want to get rich, be diligent. Don't just sit back and wait, or put in a little effort and wait. Why? The Seferi Karm tells us that the way God usually runs the world is that He only, He works through Derech HaTeva. God has chosen for whatever reason, which He doesn't explain and perhaps doesn't have to explain. God has chosen to work through Derech HaTeva. And it's from the examples and parables he brings it seems that you know it's like if uh, if we can imagine you know a uh, very simple electric circuit with two switches if both switches are on the current flows if either switch is off the current doesn't flow through that circuit because the circuit's broken if that circuit is our sustenance and accomplishing what we want to accomplish in this world then both switches need to be on for the current to flow. The switch of our hard work we will only get in most circumstances, we will only get whatever we deserve based on our our hard work through the workings of the natural order and based on divine providence. It would seem that we should conclude, which is probably what we find to be true, that people Who don't work hard rarely get very much. It's very rare that things happen based purely on divine providence. People who work hard sometimes succeed and sometimes do not. That's what I've seen in my lifetime. Because working hard is a necessary but not sufficient condition. We make we succeed as much as we work in accordance with our diligence if we merit the blessing of divine providence based, based on our religious performance and service of Hashem. He says, fascinatingly, that whether Hashem wants to help us or doesn't, either way, hard work pays off. Why? Because if Hashem wants to bless us and wants to support us and wants to give us all kinds of good things, well, He only wants to give us if we work diligently. So the more diligently we work, the more of this divine bounty will we be able to access. And if, unfortunately, we are not righteous enough, we are not either we're just wicked, or we're not righteous enough to override whatever other factors may intervene um, and uh, uh, perhaps push us in the direction of a negative fate. But if we're not righteous enough, he says, If we don't work hard and we don't succeed, if someone doesn't go to work and doesn't make a living, then there'll be no way for them to know whether they found favor in God's eyes but just didn't work hard or did not find favor in God's eyes. The only way to get a message from God, the only way to see the hand of Hashem in your life is to work hard. Because if you don't work hard, of course Hashem's not going to do anything for you. But if you work hard, then if you succeed, you can feel good and know that Hashem is giving you a stamp of approval. And if you do not succeed, then you will have to uh, do some cheshbon and nefesh some self-examination, take stock and realize that Hashem is giving you a bit of a kick in the pants. That Hashem is sending you a message that He expects better from you. And you will have to work harder the next time. But He says the only way to get either a positive or negative message the only way to see the hand of God in our lives is to work hard, to do our to to, to, to uh, do our part of the bargain, and then see whether or not we are deserving. Hashem fulfilling His part of the bargain. Of course, parenthetically, and this goes back to earlier Shirim where we discussed the problem of the righteous who suffer. He tells us, of course, it is not so simple. It is not that God always. Rewards those who are more righteous and always punishes those who are less righteous. But you know, God has many factors which affect the way in which He exercises divine providence. But nonetheless, if we work and our success and are successful at work, then we know that we are doing okay within God's complex scheme of things. And if not, then we don't necessarily know that we're utterly wicked. But we know that if we worked harder, we could improve our divine providence. So, uh, one way of understanding the possibility of dual causation that perhaps our hard work, the natural order, and divine providence affect our life is that there are two conditions. If A and B, then C, a logician would say. A being the natu- our work through the natural order, B being divine providence, which we merit by doing this vote, then see, then we will succeed in life. It's a very interesting interpretation the Sefer Karim gives us on the Pasuk and Tehilim, v'tovlach. If you eat the fruits of your labor, then Chazal interprets this Pasuk, you are fortunate in this world, and tovlach, and you are well off in the next world. Tells us, of course, if we work and succeed, then we know that we found favor in Hashem's eyes, and we do well in this world, and we know that we're in good shape for the next world. But only if we work can we see what God thinks of us, can we see the hand of God in our lives, and can we receive these messages from above. What I think is a slightly more complex model of dual causation is found, if I am interpreting him correctly, in the, in Rav Yitzchak Arama's often philosophical parish on the Torah called Akedat Yitzchak, in the very beginning of Parshat Vayishlach, which is the 26th uh, chapter of his parish on Sefer Bereshit, many uh, mifarshim chose to discuss the issue of divine providence and the natural order in the beginning of Hashem because we see there that Yaakov didn't just rely on Hashem to save him, didn't just daven to Hashem, he also daven to Hashem, of course, but he also prepared within the natural order uh, for war and uh, uh, for appeasement and uh, they used various strategies. But Yitzhak Arama tells us that life is complicated. Everything uh, everything happens either because of divine providence or because of fate or because of your own hard work in the natural order or just because of the way things work out. And he says that it's very hard to know exactly how the world runs. It's obvious to him. He says, look around, statistically, it's obvious that the natural order is not an optical illusion. It's obvious that there really is a natural order, and that hard work and diligence pays off. He also quotes the Pasuk in Mishlei V'yadcha tashir." Ta'ashir, because statistically we can look around the world and realize that the more people work, the more they succeed, statistically on the average. And he does not even consider the possibility that this is all an elaborate hoax and uh, merely a uh, ploy of the evil inclination, the are Hara. On the other hand, he says, that's statistically true. But if you look at each individual case, sometimes people succeed a lot and realize all their dreams and have great lives without working very hard. Sometimes people work very hard And their plans are frustrated and they do not succeed. So what are we to make of this? On the one hand, statistically, we know that the natural order works. We know that if you work hard, you succeed more. On the other hand, it's more complicated than that. There must be other factors at play. Because sometimes people work hard and don't get anywhere. Or vice versa. So... He tells us that it all depends on where you start out. We will, he, as does the safe Carton, he believes that the factors which are out of our control are not only divine providence, but also fate. You know, if one is born somehow in the divine scheme of things with a very good fate, um, and, you know, God is a bit angry at you, then those might cancel out and leave you someplace neutral. If you're born with a very bad fate, and even if you're very good, that might not suffice to make up for it. Um, but we will, for now, leave the issue of fate aside and uh, and discuss the Akedas Yitzhak's perspective on the relationship between divine providence and hard work. And he tells us very, very simply that everything is a function of both of them. If, for, from the perspective of divine providence, you are very you're in very bad shape right, for example, if one is wicked and has very negative divine providence then the uh, hard work will uh, only improve it so much and uh, still won't get very far if the influence of divine providence is very good for a righteous person then very little work will be necessary if one is someplace in the middle then the more one works the more one will succeed. What Rav Yitzhak Ramah seems to be saying is that it's perhaps some of us who are, remember previous generations once saw a slide rule. It's a complex contraction. It's actually quite brilliant before they invented uh, uh, calculators uh, for multiplying where you sort of look for Basically, you have two rulers. You look for a number on one ruler, and then you start the other ruler where that number was, and look for the second number and see how far it takes you. And that's the way the world works. We have two rulers. We're like, how much God gives us takes us up or down somewhat. How hard we work takes us up or down. So if, in the divine providence, we merit a minus four, and then, you know, work two, we'll still end up at minus two. If, in divine providence, we merit... I don't know, five, but we're so lazy that our work is worth minus three, we'll end up at plus two. If divine providence were exactly even, then, whatever we work, that's what we'll receive. And it's this complex uh, confluence of factors. The more what we do, and the better people we are, the better divine providence we have, the more our lot improves. And the harder we work, the more our lot improves. Because each of these factors adds or subtracts from our ultimate success. This explains quite beautifully why, statistically, the harder you work, the more money you make. Because on the average, people are spiritually neutral. The average person is spiritually in the middle. So therefore, on the average, divine providence won't make a difference. And we will make exactly the amount of money that you expect us to make based on our hard work. However, for each individual, those individuals who enjoy more positive divine providence because of their righteousness combined with other complex reasons will make more money than they deserve. And those who deserve negative divine providence based on their merits together with other complex factors of fate will succeed less than they expected to. The conclusion of is that if we want to improve our lives, how should we do so? Well, the more mitzvot we do, the more religious we are, the more positive divine providence we will merit, and the better off we'll be. The harder we work, likewise the better off we'll be. So therefore, what is his advice to everyone? You better work hard on both fronts. Be diligent in your religious observance so that you will merit positive divine providence and be diligent in your hard work through the natural order because everything that happens is a function of the sum of the divine providence we deserve and how hard we work, what we deserve, working through the natural order. His conclusion is very similar to that of Rav Yosef the Naseferi Karim, but I think that it is um, the reason behind it is a little different. Both of them say if we want to succeed in life, we have to work very hard on two fronts. To deserve spiritual bounty from Hashem, to work hard at keeping the Torah, that Hashem will give us positive divine providence, and to work hard through the natural order. But I think the reason, the way and the mechanism in which it works is slightly different. The Seferi Karim, and perhaps Rav Sadigon says, it's if A and B, then C. That you just need both factors in order to succeed. Rav Yosef Albo says, sorry, the Rav Yitzvah Haram, you don't need both fa- factors to succeed. If your divine providence is absolutely neutral, then hard work will succeed. If your hard if your work is absolutely neutral, then divine providence will make you succeed. Just you put both of them together. If they're both positive numbers, they'll up to add up to a large positive. If one is a zero and one is a positive number, you'll still be okay. If one is a zero and one is a negative number, you'll be in trouble. And if they're both negative, then as they say in it then you are unfortunately in big trouble. The uh the beauty of Rav Aramas understanding is that I might have some idea of what I would expect to succeed statistically based on my hard work. The, uh, the deviation from what I expect is divine providence. If I succeed exactly as I should statistically using the natural order, then my, I see that I have neutral divine providence. If I succeed more than I logically should have, then I have positive divine providence. If I succeed less than I should have, then I have negative divine providence. So, um, like, unlike the Seferi Karim, according to the Kedush Yitzhak, I can tell what kind of divine providence I'm receiving if I sit home and do nothing. If I end up making a lot of money, then God really likes me. If I ended up having extra tzarot, then God has it in for me. And if I end up with exactly where I started, then God has neutral feelings towards me. Um, but it of course behooves me to work very hard because let's say, you know, let's call zero an average life, negative numbers a bad life, and positive numbers a good life. Whatever my divine providence would give me, I could add to that, I could, I, could, I could raise my quality of life a few notches by working very hard. And likewise, whatever my hard work would bring to me, I could raise my quality of life a few notches by improving my worship of Hashem and meriting more positive divine providence. To summarize then, we've seen two complex models. Of course they're complex models. they're trying to address the situation in a very complex fashion two complex models which would let us have our cake and eat it too it's probably obvious from my tone of voice that uh, that I prefer one of these two models that both acknowledge that the natural order really exists and that the statistics don't lie and that it's not all a hoax that there really are laws of nature but of course as any intelligent person knows we need a lot of I guess some secular people would say good luck or we would say Siyata a lot of divine providence in order to succeed in the world nonetheless. How so? Because both factors influence the ultimate result either because you need both factors in order to succeed or because each factor you have to add both factors together to come out with the final result. For the mathematically inclined amongst us, we would say that the Seferi Karm tells us if A and B, then C, while the Akedat Yitzchak tells us A plus B equals C. For whether or not, for all of us, whether mathematically inclined or not, we can summarize the uh, Shitot we have seen today, Rav Sadigon, as well as the Sefer Ikarim, as well as Rav Yos, as well as Yitzchak Aram and the Akedat Yitzchak, hold that God is always involved in our lives. Everything comes from God. We always look to Hashem and not just to a secular natural order, and assume that since he is omniscient and omnipotent he is always involved in everything that happens in the world but he has chosen to channel his involvement and to balance his involvement within the natural order because he decided to create for whatever reasons he decided in his divine infinite wisdom to create a natural world and works within that natural order either by waiting for us to work through the natural order and then deciding whether that work will succeed or not with his divine providence, or by letting us work through the natural order, but making it succeed a little more, or exactly the same, or a little less than whatever would have happened based on his divine providence, which ultimately is based on our religious performance. The, either way, the, uh, the lessons of this complex dual causation approach are, A, if we, want, if we want to have a good afterlife, we should just worry about performing the mitzvot. But if we want to have a good life as well, and you probably need somewhat of a good life in order to be able to continue performing those mitzvot and merit an the afterlife, then we have to be diligent In working through the natural order, as well as in performance of the mitzvot. And B, if we want to see the hand of God in our life, we don't have to sit back and just wait to see what he does. Rather, we put in the effort and work through the natural order. And if our work is blessed, then we see God's hand and if in the unfortunate situation that our work does not succeed as planned then we see God's hand as well and in the first case encourage ourselves to keep up in the path we've chosen and the second case encourage ourselves to improve and hope to merit better divine providence in my Subjective opinion, I find this approach very attractive in that I think the simple shot of the Torah that God expects us to work through the natural order, and the simple shot in the Torah is that God is constantly involved in running the world. But the way God constantly involves himself in running the world is through the natural order that he created.